Hey, everyone. If you've been tuning into the PowerPlay podcast over the last couple months, you've heard about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash. And I know we all want to save that. I know I do. It saves you cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Spending all this money on the holidays, they want to give you some money, and I will take that. Here's what you need to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Then under the billing section, redeem code THE ATHLETIC. Once again, that's THE ATHLETIC, all one word. Enter THE ATHLETIC for $10 off your first purchase. That's straight free money, and we all love that. The credit is only available to the first 1,000 people, so you better do it now, who use the redeem code and it expires at the end of the year. And that is just around the corner, December 31st, 2019, is right here so make sure you jump on the game time app make a move quick and score last minute tickets Plays like an MVP, championship pedigree, Hall of Fame skills, business deals, lead the league, on court, all pro, off court, entrepreneur, any court, play ball, I'm ready to score, investments, connections, franchise player, levels to this man, I just add more layers, we changing the game, athletes bigger than balling, power plays, power moves, yeah, we going all in, my whole life a highlight reel, not just on the field, not just bodybuilding, I might buy a building, start a company, CEO, mind frame, this is way beyond game, these is power plays. Hi, and welcome to the Power Play Podcast. This is Alicia J. And man, I just look forward to speaking with you guys every single week. And this week is super special to me because I am inspired by our next guest on so many levels. If you guys do not know who she is, you're going to know now. And you should know, let me tell you, because not only is she beautiful, but she is just so talented She's a go-getter, she works incredibly hard, and she has crushed it in the world of sports broadcasting. She's the first Afro-Latina sportscaster for the NFL Network, and also bilingual, let me tell you. I mean, when you watch her videos, I'm just like, how do you switch up like that? But I'm so incredibly excited to reintroduce or introduce to you MJ Acosta. Thank you, Alicia. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're incredibly busy right now because you're right smack dab in the middle of the NFL season. So thank you so much for carving out time today. Oh, absolutely. I think it's important for all of us to be able to have a conversation just about the things that tie us together or even about things that are new uh, you know, to folks who don't look like you and me or vice versa and um, who just want to learn more about the journey of this crazy industry that we work in. So I'm always happy to carve out some time and just move these conversations forward for sure. Well, thank you so very much. Now, people should know you. I'm just being honest. I'm just going to tell you all <laughs> if you don't do your research. But For those that don't know you, can you just tell a little bit about what you do for the NFL Network? So it's a little bit of everything, truly, at this point, which has been sort of the benchmark of my career over the last decade. Um, So my key role is I am the Bay Area-based reporter. So my, my main duties are to cover the 49ers and the Raiders out of the Bay Area. However, when you work for the NFL Network, you have to be ready to talk about all 32 teams. And so I I do just that. So any given week, 
I could be anywhere. Sometimes I'm, I know, oh, I think for sure I'm going to be covering the Niners team this weekend. And then suddenly they're like, yeah, we're going to send you to Indianapolis. So get going. I've also had the opportunity to do some in-studio work and fill in as a host, which is my ultimate goal, you know, later on down the line. So it, it's been an interesting journey with the NFL Network over the past two seasons. I've also been um, able to do a lot of work with NFL Mexico and NFL Espanol, speaking in, in what was my first language, which was in Spanish. Well, I know, you know, people see what you're doing now, and a lot of people think that there's like a microwave way to get there, (laughs) that there's this thing called overnight success. And obviously, that's very rare. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but it's very rare. And can you just speak to all of the work that you've done? You know, you've been in the business for over 10 years. Can you speak to the path that you have taken to get to where you are today? Yeah, it's been a really long journey and there's still so much more work to do. Um, But I started in Miami, which in and of itself was sort of an exception to this quote unquote rule that we see in broadcast. I was able to start in in a pretty major market and it's because I am fully bilingual. So I started in a very small, locally owned kind of independent station um, in Spanish language. So that was sort of like my pathway to where we are now. So having that dual language aspects of it has been a huge part of my career. And I spent the first six, almost seven years of my career bouncing around in Miami, doing youth sports, digital shows, ultimately worked for both the NBC in one capacity. And then the ABC station um, was my final spot in Miami. And I mean, I loved it. You know, I was home, my parents lived there. I went to high school and college in South Florida. So it was nice and and somewhat comfortable, right? Outside of waking up at 2 a.m. to work the morning show. That's a whole other podcast. So that was... It sure is. <laughs> that 2 a.m. life. It Woo! is no Lord. joke. No joke at all. But yeah. but you'll learn everything you need to know just working that, that morning shift. Ultimately, I, I realized I was doing so many different things. I was like the jack of all trades. But I really wanted to go back to my base roots, which was sports broadcasting. So I knew that I had to leave. I was going to have to leave this, you know, this city that I'd known for so much of my life and, and, and kind of venture out, as most broadcasters do. And an opportunity presented itself in San Diego um, to take over the role of the lead as the main sports anchor, which for any of you who are in the biz, it's like a rarity. So the person I was succeeding had been there for 30 years. He was a former NFL player. So it was a big deal. And I was like, oh, my God, am I ready for this? It doesn't matter if you're ready. You go. <laughs> you go. You pack a right. bag. You go across the country where you don't know a single person. And you dive right in. And that's what I did. And it was rough because I, I really was still learning the ins and outs of the business, even after having been in it for six years. It was a completely different role. Um, so I took a lot of L's. I made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> but it really sort of forced me to really push myself and dive in and not have to lean on, well, oh, I know so-and-so here, or, you know, th- this organization knows me pretty well, so I'll be able to do this. Like, no, I was starting from scratch. And the, you know, almost three years that I spent in San Diego in this role, doing it for both NBC and Telemundo there. So I was two people. I was two lead sports anchors <laughs> there. It was insane. Sometimes almost simultaneously. Again, that's another podcast. It was exactly what I needed to get to this level now where I'm um, at the national level at, at NFL Network. It could not have prepared me any better for just everything that it takes um, and what is required to really be self-sufficient in this industry and to be able to get yourself where you need to be and not rely on, on you know, kind of sitting on your laurel. There's no zero space for that, um, especially now with how quickly things move and shift. And I think that speaks to the value of 
really cultivating your craft, right? I think a lot of people think, oh, they just want to go and be on that national stage. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you know, do 10 shows a day like you yeah. did <laughs> in order to be prepared for that. And also just the speed of right. what you're doing, too. I'm sure that it helped with that as well. Well, not only that, but, you know, when you're coming from a, a local news background, local sports background, you are your own producer, your own writer, your own editor. So, you know, you are putting the sportscast together that you see. And I was doing that every day for several shows in two different languages. And it wasn't translating one sportscast to the other. It was two different audiences. So I had to tailor make it for two groups of people. So it was really intense. It was a heavy workload. But man, did I love it. And, you know, with limited resources, sometimes you're in a smaller market and you don't have a cameraman and you got to, you know, take that big old tripod, probably weighs more than any purse you've ever carried in your life. And, and you go and you shoot your own video or you shoot it on your phone. Um, I mean, you have to know every single aspect of the job, both what you see on the screen and more importantly, the work that's put into it off of it. Well, and you weren't just doing sports either. Right. Um, from what I was seeing, you were... Man, I even saw an interview with Denzel. Yeah. Like, you were doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a great interview, by the way. Oh, my God. Denzel was, like, a dream. To this day, the best interview of my career. He was fantastic. But, yeah, I did a lot of entertainment and lifestyle um, reporting as well, mostly in Miami. Uh, once I moved, it was all sports from there. But that's still an aspect of my career that I enjoy. And I think in sports, the athletes are so dynamic and so vibrant now and they're so engaged in social media that they are celebrities in that space as well so it it all blends it all blends together truly absolutely and while you were in san diego i believe you made a decision to go natural yeah as a person who has curly hair and has also you know i have my own story of going natural and the reactions to it i know that that took a lot of courage and strength really to do that Um, Can you speak a little bit to your experience about, you know, showing the world your natural hair? Yeah, that was intense. You know, I've um, I've spent, well, I did spend, you know, more than 30 years of my life straightening my hair, chemically processing it, and flat ironing it every day. Um, You know, much of that comes from my background. My family's from the Dominican Republic, so it's almost a rite of passage as a young girl in DR if you have more than, if you have like a 3B or 4C hair type, which is just curlier um, tighter curls, you automatically get a relaxer. Like you have no say in the matter because you're a child, <laughs> but your hair is relaxed because it's so ingrained within the tapestry of the culture now that like the more European you look or the more, you know, Anglo you look, the prettier you are, the more worthy you are. And, and those are cultural lies that, you know, we've told ourselves for so, so long. And so I had to kind of deconstruct a lot of that once I moved away from home. It was, it was really a big part of um, just kind of finding myself, not just as a journalist, but as a, as a woman. Part of it, too, is because in San Diego, I didn't have anybody to relax my hair. I almost was forced into just not chemically straightening my hair anymore. And so from there, it was tough when you have naturally curly hair, a lot of it, and then you have to try and manipulate it into being straight. I didn't want to do that. Like, that's not what it's meant to do. So I spent many years with just, oh, it was rough. Oh, my God, it was rough. Um, well, what about getting products? If there isn't anyone to straighten it, I would imagine right. there was no products around either. Right. Oh, well, my mom was sending me from, from Miami, for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> just planning. Like, I think about this. I'm working towards being on camera, but some days I'm so, I, I'm kind of like, I'm glad I'm not on camera today because my hair is just, you know, it's not. Is not in the right place. It's, it's acting up. You know what I'm saying? And so just the planning of that, too, it has to be uh, huge for you. 
Because, you know, it takes a lot of work for natural hair. It's beautiful and we love it, but it takes a lot of work. It's an equation. You have to like kind of plan backwards. Like, okay, if I'm going to be, if I'm covering this game, then I have to wash my hair three days before that to get the optimal results because the second day hair is not as cute as the third day. I mean, it's like impossible, but it is 100% worth it. And ultimately, almost two years ago, I decided my hair was so damaged at that point from just literally burning it every single day. I would brush it and I would just kind of wither away and like break off. And I was like, oh my goodness, if I think this is rough, like how cute am I going to be bald on air? Like that's not going to be cute at all. I decided to just take a break. I had a couple of days off and I was like, I'm just not going to do anything to my hair. And at that point I was like, oh, look at my curls. They were not curls. They were looking raggedy as heck. But to me at that point, not even knowing what like a healthy curl pattern looked like, I was like, this is great. And then the planning came into place. Like you just mentioned, I like, I was running around doing errands. I forgot I had an early shoot because usually I was, as a sportscaster, I worked the night shift. So I would go in at 2.30 to work. That day I had an extra shoot that morning and I did not properly plan. So I was like, the extra hours I needed to get my hair straight, I didn't have. So I was like, well, I guess we're going in with curly hair today. And I was like, oh, good God, please don't let me get fired. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I had no idea what to expect. And to my surprise, everyone was like, oh my God, MJ, I can't believe it. I had no idea you had curly hair. And everyone was so excited in the newsroom. Even my bosses there were like, wow, this is really fun. Eventually, when I just kept coming in with it straight, it was like, okay, we got, are we keeping this? Like, but everyone was really supportive, which I know is not the case for most women um, who transition to their natural hair on air. You know, even the viewers were writing in like, oh, we love it. We haven't seen anybody like that. And I think it really spoke to the fact that people need to see themselves represented. I had, you know, fathers stop me at football games and say, you know, my daughter saw you on air today. You know, what are you using? You know, I'm a single dad. Like, what products are you using for her? And I still get those questions to this day. So right then I was like, all right, we're, we're going all in here and we're just going to embrace this. And my fro Angela, as I call her, because she has her own personality, it has evolved so much in the past two years. I mean, it's night and day. If you see pictures from when I first started uh, transitioning to now, um, it was a lot of work and a lot of days that were not cute on air. Now it's so worth it. And moreover, besides my hair just being healthy, I feel more like my true self than I think I ever have in my entire life. Well, I was actually going to ask you that. I feel like it sets you apart from the rest. Like it really, you know, you're obviously talented. So that speaks for itself. But, you know, you being yourself and harnessing who you are as a person, including your natural hair, it it shows, you know, it shines through. And I feel like it sets you apart. You know, how has your curly hair impacted your career? It was a shift in the in the paradigm of my life without question. I just felt more confident because I was like, this makes me, what I felt made me look bad or weird or strange, you know, my whole life, because that's what I was told my whole life was actually something that made me so unique and so powerful in a sense and so different. And I liked that I looked different from everybody else. I think probably for the, one of the truest for the first times in my life, because for so long I was straightening my hair to fit into a certain box that I wasn't meant to be in. Kind of letting that go, releasing that was, it was such a bigger picture moment that I didn't even realize at the time. Now, every time I get to speak about it and and reflect on it, it really was just a moment to really step into my full light. Not to get philosophical on you guys, but yeah. (laughs) No, you can go all philosophical. (laughs) That is, and doing that is really a power play on its own because you're taking uh, your story into your own hands and being your authentic self. And I really appreciate you doing that. I mean, being 
you're not the first person to wear their natural hair, um, but you're one of the first. And, you know, you're the first Afro-Latina sportscaster for the NFL Network. And I'm sure, you know, being the first, you know, it's great. It comes with a lot of responsibility, though. Do you ever feel pressure being the first? I do feel pressure in the sense that I want to make sure I don't mess it up (laughs) for everybody. So often when you are one of the first or the first to do something in whatever it is, you're setting the benchmark, whether you set out to do that or not. Like, that's just what it is. That's the marker that they're going to go off. of. So I want to make sure that every other Afro-Latina or woman of color that's coming after me gets a fair shot because I did the absolute best that I could and I gave it 150% every single day. So I don't find it so much as pressure, but it definitely motivates me. Like, "Mm -mm, girl, you got to go, you got to do it and you have to be right. This is just the reality of the, not only the world that we live in, but the industry that we live in. Like we don't get second chances as minorities. We just don't. There's no kind of like, oh, well, she's a bit where we are judged a lot harsher. And that's just how it is. It's not, you know, making excuses. That's just, you have to live up to a bigger um, standard and, and that's fine. Like I'm here to work harder than everybody else. That's what I want to do. Well, I just personally want to thank you for doing that. I mean, I know it is a lot. Um, you've been through a lot. It sounds like you haven't slept in years. Um, <laughs> and it, you've just been, you know, working to become that first representation for someone out there. Um, I'm an auntie to a lot of my friends' kids and Zadaya is one of them and she is Afro-Cuban. I personally like got emotional when I was watching the footage last night, especially um, when you were speaking Spanish, because she has somebody that she can look to, to say, like, I can do that, too. She has representation. So I just want to thank you just on behalf of us out there who need to see it. Oh, thank you um, for saying that. I have a lot of play play little nieces and nephews, but now I have an actual niece, my sister, maybe last year. And I didn't realize how obsessed I was going to be in like this, I will kill for you kind of mentality um, as an aunt. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. So I, I look at oh, it her is. and I just see her and I'm like, there's not going to be any limits for her. Like, I don't I don't want her to ever feel like she has been slighted or, you know, maybe that's a maybe that's a pipe dream. Right. But like, that's that's what I'm striving towards at this point. Well, you're definitely doing that and you're embodying that in every way. And, you know, you absolutely are representation for so many people, but you're also just a broadcaster as well. And not, I don't want to say just, but, you know, there are a lot of people that um, don't look like you that look up to you as well. And I just want to know with your path and everything that you've done, if you could give advice to an aspiring broadcaster out there, um, what is one thing that you should do and one thing that you should not do? Okay, so I'll start with what you should not do. And you should not second guess yourself or doubt yourself, which is something that I did and still struggle with to this day. Like you'll know you know something or you know you have, you know, something in your pocket or or even just like your basic talent. Do not ever doubt it. Like I, I read a quote not too long ago that said there are people out there far less talented than you who are succeeding simply because they have the confidence to do so. So like you got to trust in your ability and in the work that you put into every single thing and just keep it tight, keep it real tight and don't ever forget how much you're putting into it and how hard you're working and that you are worthy of it and that you're earning it. I think a lot of times we use the word deserved, which is, which is appropriate, but I think moreover, like when you earn things, you know that you belong and that, and that you occupying that space for a reason, not just because you're checking off a box, which some people want to fall on but because you are more than capable and qualified to do so. And then 
the things you should do over prepare. I mean, I can't say this enough, but you see it like in my Instagram stories. I mean, I'm like, uh, some of my like, colleagues will make fun of me, like, you are a maniac, you know these things, like, why, you don't have to study this hard. And for me, it's, I'd rather know too much and then, you know, just have it in my back pocket if I need it, if I don't, cool. But I don't think there's such thing as over-preparing. I, the knowledge is power. So the more you go in there knowing, you'll never be caught off guard and you'll always be ready for whatever they throw at you. Man, that's life advice. That's not just right. about broadcasting. Right. <laughs> That is life advice. So I hope y'all caught that because I sure did. And I'm taking notes here in the studio. When you talk about preparation, you cover all the teams, as you said before, but your main focus, I guess, are the Niners and the Raiders. And there's obviously a competitiveness there. The Battle of the Bay goes down. You know, people go crazy over that. Is that something that you feel all the time? Like, do the players ever comment on the fact that you cover both teams? (laughs) The players don't. Sometimes, like, the staff will, like, kind of nudge me in the ribs, jokingly, of course. Like, oh, well, thanks so much for coming back to us after being with X, Y, and Z team for so long, you know. But it's all very playful. It, the fans, though, will get into it. Like, so I'll post a video covering whatever team, you know, if, if it's not one of the Bay Area teams. And they'll quickly comment, like, come on, MJ, you're supposed to be, you know, covering Reader Nation, or you're supposed to be covering the Faithful. And it, they're very territorial, especially when you have a beat. You know, that's what the fans get used to seeing you cover. And so they feel a certain way if I'm not talking Raiders or Niners in either respect. Um, but it's fun. I think it, it just speaks to how much they trust me to be able to, to bring them the latest um, news from their teams and to give them that access that they don't get. You know, fans don't get to go into the locker room and talk to the guys after practice and they don't get to be on the field before and after the game. So I do take it very seriously. And, and I kind of like it when people you know, get a little petty if I'm at another team. Yeah. I mean, petty is all, you know, a little petty is always nice yeah. <laughs> in my mind too, as long as it doesn't go too far. Right, you know? right, exactly. As long as we don't go too far. Well, something that I like to do on the show is ask the person that I interviewed on the last podcast a question that they would like to ask the next guest. And I just had Mark J. Spears from the NBA's Undefeated on. And his question for you was, when the Raiders move to Las Vegas, how will your role change? The answer is I have no idea. I barely even know how my role will change next week. You know what I mean? So it's interesting because surely I will still be covering them in some capacity. I have no plans of moving to Vegas, to be clear. But I don't know. Maybe my bosses do have plans for me to move to Vegas. So it's all, <laughs> it's all still very much up in the air. However, you know, Vegas is so close in proximity from California. So whether I'm in you know, the Bay Area or LA, or I can still get over there. So I think just the entire transition of a team moving to another city, which I've covered before in San Diego, is such a huge story in and of itself. And they have, you know, the stadium is being built and the draft is going to be in Vegas. And so there's a lot going on there. So I'll definitely still be involved in that. How that will kind of emerge into the the, the role next season, I don't know. We're, we're still looking, you know, at getting through the regular season at this point, let alone 2020. Right. You're like, I'm in the middle of something right now, and we'll get to that <laughs> later. So, <laughs> Well, you always ask the questions, and I was just wondering, if you only had one question to ask yourself, what would it be and what would the answer be? Wow. If I only got one to ask myself, I have like, questions for myself yeah. every day. Every <laughs> Me day. too. <laughs> My current self or like... My childhood self, you know, there's like many versions of, of oneself over the years. So I guess it's the you current know, one. Sure, we can go current. Okay, well, we'll go current. 
we just got into like the whole I told you I was gonna get philosophical. The last full moon of like the of the year of kind of harnessing like your intentions for like what's coming up next and I like broke down this huge list of things and not like I don't want to say intentions like but just it's my to-do list so I'm, I'm forcing myself to be more uh, practical about the things that I'm going to achieve and so I guess my question to myself is are you really about this life because it's going to get crazy and the answer is absolutely 100% yes I love it I love it and I love that you are claiming it in the question like hey it's on the way what what are we going to do yeah I love it <laughs> You got to be about it. Well, that kind of leads, you got to be about it. You you can't, if anyone is your advocate, it has to be yourself. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? So we've covered so much. I feel like we could talk for hours because I have so many things that I want to talk to you about um, just in your career. And you have so many experiences. But what I really want to know is what is next for you? You kind of spoke that, you know, it's about to get crazy, but what what does that crazy entail? Right. Well, I'm just pushing to get to the next level of my career, which is, you know, I'm, I'm working on more content creation and kind of being at the forefront of steering the ship and moving the conversation forward. So I'm working on several little projects. Can't speak too much on it yet um, for contractual reasons, but that's just it. It's, it's the next level, you know, so like reporting, I love it because it puts me I love being like boots on the ground, getting in there and like bringing everybody the access. But the next level for me is definitely being the one starting and, and moving the conversation forward um, in, in, in an even bigger capacity. And I'm here to watch all of it unfold because I know <laughs> that it will. And, and even like, listen, as a curly girl, I got excited on your Instagram yesterday when you said that you have an MVP roster yes. of curly hair products yes. on the way. And can you, can you give us like maybe one? I, I know this has nothing to really do with you. Well, it does because you have curly hair and you're, you're on camera. But I, I just need one. Look, I'm asking for myself if I'm being honest. So I think one of the things that people overlook the most is my like, so the QB of my roster, you know, the, the Patrick Mahomes, he's a curly, he's a curl friend too, of my roster is, is actually not a product at all. It's water. H2O, do not underestimate this. I use it ever. I water my hair like a plant every day like you need the moisture you need the water before you put your products on that is the secret sauce that is the magic it's all about water keeping it hydrated so that's a little tip from the from the video that is forthcoming that is taking me two months to finish because I've been so busy <laughs> well and that water is free yes. I mean yes. so let me let me just use that all that I can you know <laughs> exactly. let me use that Free ninety nine, my favorite well, what, oh man free 99 is where it's at you just said secret sauce for your hair, but what's your secret sauce for your career? If you if you were to tell somebody, you know, this is the secret, what would it be? I mean, you guys have seen this. It, it, it kind of encapsulates in, in one quote, like, nobody cares, work harder. We've all been through it. We've all been through our, our challenges, especially as women in the industry, women of color in the industry. I mean, there's so many layers, right? But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter like that. It has an impact on, on your tapestry as a journalist and as, as a human being, but not on the final product, if you will. So you have to just push through sort of all of those obstacles and, and keep pushing. So there's no, there's no work around, like you said. There's no like microwave kind of like, oh, pop in 30 seconds later, you're done. Um, you just have to keep going. And um, that's the biggest thing that I remind myself of every single day. It doesn't matter. No matter what happened, it does not matter. You got to go. Well, thank you so much for joining us. All of these are just gems that I know I'm taking with me and everyone who's listening will be too. 
Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say before we go? I always like to give room and space for things that I may have not covered. I just think that right now is is our time. You, you know, so many people shy away from the fact that like, oh, if, if you're in this industry, like don't put the label on that you're a woman in sports or that you're a woman of color in sports. And it's not a label. It's part of my identity. I own that. I love that. And I think it makes me that much uh, more more qualified for the job because I've, I've already had to endure so many other obstacles throughout my life. So I wear that as a crown, as a badge of honor. So our time is here. Like, look around. Not just ladies, men, all of us. Like, look around. This is our time. We are killing it. And they haven't even seen anything yet. Like, we have barely scratched the surface of what we can bring up our perspective um, and, and our talent and our shine and our magic. And I cannot wait um, for for all of us to continue to grow. And I cannot wait for that either. Man, you just spoke some life over here, <laughs> let me tell you. But thank you so much again for uh, fitting us into your busy schedule. How can people follow your journey? Um, I'm pretty open on um, social media, Instagram mostly, um, MJ Acosta TV. Pretty easy to find me. My avatar is me and, and my hair picked out in a nice fro. I refuse to change it. I'll never change it. <laughs> I'll never change that. Avatar. As you should not. <laughs> As you should not. Okay, well, thank you so very much. If you guys have any questions for her, I'm sure that on her Instagram, you can just hit her that way. She's very busy, though, so be patient. And thank you. And thank you so much, MJ, for everything. Thank you for everything that you do, everything that you embody, and just for the hard work that you put in to become who you are. I just want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure that you go out in your own lanes and shine in the way that you can work hard in your lane, carve out that space, and be the person that you were meant to be. Until next week, this is Power Play on the Athletic Podcast Network. Wow, that was so good. I don't know if you guys caught all of those things that MJ was saying, but she just embodies so many things for me that, you know, I was so excited to interview her on this podcast because, you know, I have curly hair. I'm African-American. I want to, well, I guess I'm in broadcasting. I don't want to say want. I'm in broadcasting. I'm in the field of broadcasting. And being the first Afro-Latina sportscaster for the NFL Network is huge. It's groundbreaking. And it's something that not only me, but all of us need to see that representation is so important. When we talk about even things like going natural, that is huge. In our world, natural hair is not something that is always received in the best way. I know personally, I went natural some years ago and I was in a corporate environment and I was asked if it was forever. That is what I was asked. And that hurt. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, this is my natural hair. It's growing out of my head. It's beautiful. Okay. But somebody saying that it definitely hurt at the time, but now it empowers me because that person even saying that shows that it's something that has power in it. Because if you're so focused on it, there's some reason why you felt compelled to say that out of your mouth. And I really think that it's insecurity in my mind, that you wouldn't even go out and rock your natural hair if you had it, or you don't understand it, and so you want to attack it. There's so many different reasons why someone would say that, 
I mean, shoot, sheer racism as well, I guess. But at the end of the day, I say all that to say that those experiences are something that a lot of women have with natural hair. And for MJ to make a decision that she was going to go against the norm of her industry and rock her natural hair, even though it may not have seemed like a movement to her at the time, it may have, but it was. There are so many women and even men who have daughters or even men who want to wear their natural hair and don't feel like they can that see her in what she does on a daily basis and it inspires them and empowers them to embrace who they are and embrace the natural hair that God gave them. The impact that she has had with that alone in and around all of the other first things that she's done, her hard work, the way that she's knocked down every door in broadcasting and continues to do so is incredibly inspiring. It's incredibly important. And to be honest, it is a huge part of the movement of culture. I'm sure as the person who's doing it, you're, you're just out here and you're working hard and you're doing the last thing that, you know, you knew that you had to do in your path to get to where you want to be. And so you may not think about it on that level, but I hope that she realizes how important that was to not only be, but so many people out there into the culture. First Afro-Latina sportscaster for the NFL Network. I mean, you guys, if you haven't seen her work, please, you know, jump on YouTube or do a Google search or whatever and see how talented she is and what she is bringing to the world of broadcasting. I am blessed to have been able to speak with her today and bring you her story. And please continue to follow her path because what she's doing is phenomenal. It's inspiring. And it's something that we should all appreciate. As always, thank you so much for joining me today. I literally look forward to bringing you an amazing power play story every week. We've had some great ones on Ronnie 2K, Mark Spears, Tiffany Williams, who runs the business operations for SC30 and AC Brands, Squint. That was a huge one. His story is so incredibly powerful in what he does in the creative world, in the world of photography. So definitely catch those episodes. And when you're listening to these episodes, please do me a favor and rate, comment, and review. It helps us out a lot to keep this power play thing going so that we can talk every single week and explore the career of somebody who's phenomenal in the world of sports. So until next time, thank you so much for listening to Power Play. I look forward to talking with you again and bringing you an amazing story right here on the Power Play podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. <laughs>